smartcast you are listening to a mint production brought to you by hd smartcast hi welcome to why not mint money i'm satya santanam from mint's personal finance team if you checked our previous episodes we talked about the expectations from budget 2023 at length now that budget is over let's focus on the changes that were introduced to the personal income tax which directly impacts our tax liability There are so many provisions and the proposals but the most important one is revamping the new tax regime. As you may already know, the new tax regime levy taxes at low rates but without taking into consideration the deductions and the exemptions such as investments in ELSS funds, public provident fund etc which are otherwise not chargeable to tax. Under the new tax regime, there is now standard deduction of 50000 rupees the basic tax exemption limit now is 3 lakhs not 2.5 lakh the highest surcharge rate for the ultra rich has also come down we have invited sonu ayer tax partner at eva india to tell us all the key changes brought in by the budget with respect to personal income tax let's invite her hi welcome to why not mint money a personal finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth so let's get started on your money journey hello sonu welcome to why not mint money hi satya very nice to be here yeah so how is it uh, you know what are your views on the budget sonu so satya my views on the budget and i've also consistently maintained in all my writings with mint as well as at various forums have you know i've always supported the finance minister in her fiscal prudence in all the budgets that she's presented uh, she's not given in to populist moves etc and directionally very consistent and that's exactly what we see with uh, the changes that they proposed to the new concessional tax regime really the new avatar of the existing concessional tax regime very much in line towards a single unified tax lab which is lower tax rates but minimal deductions so i think it's a good budget overall and and you know we know the 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 theme of overarching theme of amritkal the you know the pillars so or the priorities listed by her including the focus on inclusive growth skill development i think as an indian very proud uh, with how the budget has been handled and as a as a student of the indian economy i think again uh, i feel it is good people can get into numbers and semantics but i appreciate the effort that's being put in absolutely great uh, so we can definitely say there is a nudge uh, towards the new tax regime right absolutely so one of the things that uh, as eyr we've been expecting from the budget and actively working back with the government is, is on how we can give the concessional tax regime a lift or a push and we have maintained that bringing in some deductions which are necessary and imperative will help so uh, you know congratulations to the finance minister for listening into the public voice and making sure that there are some deductions that they are are brought into the concessional tax regime to make it more a- attractive to a larger base of taxpayers so you know when you look at some of the changes that have been brought in the fact that the slab has been widened the maximum amount of income not chargeable to tax has been enhanced from 2.5 lakhs to 3 lakhs uh introduction of uh, common hours from the salary income earners around standard deduction of 50000 being brought into the concessional tax regime is a big one which will see many many uh, salary income earners move to 
the new CTR, so to speak. Then the fact that they brought down the surcharge on taxable income of five crores or more from 37% to 25%, effectively lowering the tax rate, which was one of the highest globally, from 42.744 to 39%, you know, is all move in the right direction with the idea that they must get more and more taxpayers to switch to the new CTR. Understand. So, uh, but it hasn't made life of the taxpayers easy, right? Because they have to also look at the tax liability in the old regime and also have to calculate it in the new regime and have to decide, uh, you know, in what regime the tax liability is lower and have to go for it. Um, so it is not certainly easy. Change is never easy. You know, yeah. there will always be pains of transition. So you you are seeing a direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now we have the choice, but over a period of time. I think it will change. So please note a very big change that now the new CTR is the default tax regime. Earlier, it was the existing tax regime with slabs uh, and deductions and the higher tax rate as the default regime. So with that also, there is a with this shift as to which one will be now a default tax regime is by itself a major change. So from an employer perspective, when they start to do withholding tax computations, they will have to look at the new CTR as the default tax regime. Yeah. So, Sadhya, you're right. Certainly, it's not going to be easy. Every individual will have to, you know, do an evaluation of their circumstances to decide whether or not they want to continue under existing tax regime or move to the new CTR. If you look at it, the fact that in the new CTR, the tax rebate has been enhanced uh, to 7 lakhs from the existing 5 lakhs under Section 87A, it means that if you are an individual whose total taxable income is 7 lakhs, then you could easily make the decision to move to the new CTR. Right? And even if you are a salary income earner, then you if you add up to 7 lakh 50,000 because you get a deduct, standard deduction of 50,000, you can also make a move easily. So 7 to 7 lakh 50,000 in case of salary income earners, no confusion at all. But the challenge comes when you are you know, of where you have deductions that you've been claiming. So you say you have deductions like house rent allowance that you claim. Then you claim deductions under Section 80C, which you know would be repayment of the housing loan, uh, PPF, LIC payments, children's education fee. Or you have also con- contributed to NPS, which you have uh, an eligible deduction up to 50000 And you are paying medical insurance premium for yourself, your parents, and you're getting a deduction. Then the savings bank interest deduction that you're getting of 10,000 under 88 TTA. Now, all these deductions are available for you when you're filing taxes under the existing tax regime. But when you go into the new CTR, these deductions are not available. You know, ATC, ATCCD, ATD, or none of these deductions are going to be available. So you have to make a choice whether this widening of the slab and lowering of the tax rates, uh, enhancement in the maximum amount of income, not chargeable to tax from 2.5 lakh to the to 3 lakhs by itself is giving you enough of an arbitrage to consider moving to the new concessional tax regime. So you're right, each one will have to do an evaluation basis the deductions that they have been claiming in their tax return, basis their total income level, basis the tax rate that they are currently in, and then decide whether they can make the switch. And because, as I mentioned, that it is now a default regime for employer to consider the new CTR, the individual employee will have to notify their employer that they want to be treated 
for tax purposes as following the old uh, tax regime with deductions. What is CTR Sodo? Full form? Concessional tax regime. Ah, uh, okay. Got it. So, so and you know actually, that, you know, yeah, please sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. So, I was going to say that, you know, we were, we've been working on these, what calculation, where, what income level would a person be able to break even and sort of say that they are neutral, whether to stay with the existing tax regime or move to the concessional tax regime with the new changes that have been proposed. I think, uh, as I mentioned, it will differ from person to person. But a very, you know, average sort of uh, rough and ready calculation, we were saying that assuming someone, you know, has ATC uh, benefit of about a lakh and 50,000, which is the maximum that they can get under ATC. They have savings bank interest or say another 10,000 medical insurance premium that adds up to 50,000 and another NPS of 50,000 and some amount towards HRA. So if you're anywhere more than 4,25,000 rupees, you sort of will prefer to stay in the existing tax regime because you have enough deductions which will give you a greater benefit under the existing tax regime where you have deductions available. But if your total deductions are lower than this number, I think that's a rough and ready calculation as I mentioned. I will advise people to do their own evaluation anyway. But if you did want it to get a sense of this, this is where we are getting at. Understand. So this four lakh twenty-five thousand is applicable for people who are with income more than fifteen point five lakh, if I'm not wrong. And for those right. uh, with lower income than fifteen point five lakh, then uh, this this amount of four point two five lakh will be much lower. Agreed. Because the surcharge rate has come down from um, you know thirty-seven percent to twenty-five percent for those in the tax slab of five crore to uh, above five crore. Sorry. So with that, uh, irrespective of uh, the exemption uh, or the deduction amount, I think uh, they will be better off choosing the uh, new tax regime, if I'm not wrong. Absolutely, Satya. So uh, since you already clarified, but let me explain again. Wherever an individual has total taxable income of 5 crores or more, as per current tax regime, the surcharge rate that is applied on the tax rate of 30% plus education says is 37%, which actually takes the effective maximum marginal rate of tax for such a taxpayer to 42.744. What the new CTR or the concessional tax regime and the changes that are being proposed in this budget suggest that the surcharge will be brought down from 37% to 25% and thus the effective tax rate for such a taxpayer whose total taxable income is more than 5 crore, will be 39%. So yes, you're right in saying that for such a category of taxpayer, again, it will make sense to move to CTR because this reduction in surcharge has not been given in the existing tax regime. Brilliant, brilliant. So, Sona, you know that you know in our, one of our previous episodes before budget, we discussed uh, with other guests on why the new tax regime hasn't gained so much traction. But I think the scene reversed after the finance minister's announcement, right, in the budget 2023. Certainly, I mean, that's the intention. The government has gone all out for it. They've given a push. Uh, and maybe, you know, next year we'll see more uh, focus on CTR. Because remember, I've been, uh, you know, constantly saying that they want to have a deduction, uh, a slab system which has lower tax rates but minimal deductions. 
minimal deductions to the extent that are necessary for a person from a day-to-day living perspective. So to that extent, I think they've done a very good balancing act. So yeah, you're right. You'll see definitely see an uptake in participation in the new concessional tax regime. There are certain other announcements in the budget which would impact high net worth individuals, like um, like the insurance premium, uh, the policies um, for which the insurance premium is more than five lakh uh, has been now uh, declared not exempt, and also there is a change in the MLD taxation. Uh, maybe can we talk a little bit about that? Yes, sure. See, on insurance premiums, if you remember that uh, taxability of insurance policies uh, under Section 1010D, we already have an existing provision which says that exemption from tax is only provided in case of some received under a life insurance policy where the premium payable is less than 10% of the actual sum, capital sum assured, right? So where the premium payable exceeds 10% of the actual capital sum assured, then that redemption of such a insurance policy is anyway taxable. Now, what they have sought to do, and if you recall, this is very similar to what they did with ULIPS earlier on. They have said that, uh, and, and the finance minister did say in her speech that, you know, it is observed that it is being misused uh, uh, and it is a welfare provision welfare with the objective of um, uh, welfare of citizens. They were subsidizing the risk premium for an individual's life. Now they feel that this is being misused for investment purposes. So what they are doing now is to say that in case of withdrawal pertains to proceeds from uh, insurance policies where the total premium paid in a year exceeds 5 lakh rupees in any financial year, the amount will be liable to tax. And maybe I can explain it with an example. If you have, uh, say, three uh, life insurance policies where premium is 2 lakh rupees each on each policy, so your total premium is 6 lakhs, which means which is exceeding 5 lakhs. Now, what we are saying is that you as a taxpayer have an option to choose any two policies to be treated. The redemption of proceeds of any two insurance policies is non-taxable. But the, uh, the, the third one will become fully taxable. The proceeds on redemption will become fully taxable. There was a circular issue to describe how uh, you know, ULIPs will be treated and how their taxability will be computed, how to consider what is taxable and what is non-taxable. Uh, it is likely that either a similar circular would be issued for taxation of uh, life insurance policies uh, for the change that they have proposed, or they may say, you know, use the same circular as is applicable in case of ULIPs. But uh, we certainly expect uh, more clarity to emerge on how it is to be treated for tax purposes understand but if the amount is received on the unfortunate event of the death of the insured then it wouldn't be taxable absolutely right so death is something that they have been kind enough to keep out of the ambit of taxation sure but there will be practical challenges because you know people could buy insurance policies from different vendors plus you know when insurance companies have to deduct tax on this under 194t TDS has to be done on the proceeds that are being paid uh, on the and the therefore the income element of which which is taxable uh, the the challenge will be for insurance companies how to deduct TDS 
because they will not be aware of the aggregate uh, premium paid on such policies exceeds 5 lakh if you are buying policies from different vendors right right yeah can we also talk about the mlds uh, what is the loophole that has been plugged in this budget for uh, taxation of mld income the market linked debentures so market linked debentures uh, as the finance minister talked about it they felt that they are more like derivatives but they've been enjoying the benefit of long term capital gain treatment uh, and so the currently they are treated at attached as uh, long term capital gain at the rate of 10% but do not get the benefit of indexation now what uh, the budget proposals aim to do is that this would be treated as short term capital asset and it would be taxed accordingly however now the problem is uh, not the problem but a practical issue that you know with me that i believe this could get litigated because we have a supreme court decision uh, in case of tempo where they have said that even though they may be treated as a short term capital asset but uh, because these are in the nature of a depreciable asset they may not get the benefit of indexation but the rate of tax will not be the slab rate so, so the rate of tax could either be 20% or 10% if these are listed market linked debentures so this uh, this could be a potential source of litigation whether the tax rate will be the slab rate or it should be 10% or 20% following the supreme court decision in case of dembo mm right i think a lot of clarifications uh, are in the anvil right this this make there may not be any clarification on this because i think this is something that has gone uh, through the you know hierarchy of uh, litigation and has reached supreme court so it's it's more like that if a taxpayer wants to take the position that i would like to follow uh, supreme court's decision in case of dempo and claims a tax rate of either 20% or 10% whether depending on whether it's listed or non listed then uh, this is something which could get into litigation that as the assessing officer may want to take a different position because certainly as per the finance minister's speech and the memorandum the intention seems to be to treat this as um, short term capital tax uh, short term capital asset and tax it at uh, regular slab rates but this is this is something that from a technical perspective we are saying that we if there is a position that the taxpayer may take because of the supreme court decision yeah yeah and also the section 54 and 54f uh, sonu uh, which are um, applicable in case of uh, reinvestment of the capital gains in a residential property so quickly about that right so let let's just understand section 54 section 54 today is that if a person sells a residential house property and invests in another and invests in another residential house property the capital gains earned from the sale of the residential house property those are not uh, liable to tax so you have a total exemption now the law is proposed to be changed to say that if you sell a residential house property and if your capital gains from the sale of such residential house property exceed 10 crores even if you are going to invest it in a residential house property the exemption or deduction will be restricted to 10 crores that's section 54 that and that's on capital gains then 
the other changes in section 54f there if you sell any long term capital asset and invest the proceeds in a residential house property the sale proceeds in a residential house property those sale proceeds were completely out of tax net they completely exempted from tax there was no tax yeah, yeah. computed on such a transaction but now again a cap is being brought in that the proceeds exceeding 10 crores would be liable to tax yeah so, so normal, this is obviously going to yeah mm-hmm. that, that, that's what i'm saying i mean the small tax payers will not get impacted by this because 10 crore is a very big uh, number and only the very wealthy and rich people who are having capital gains to an extent of 10 crore uh, will only get impacted by this Now that certainly seems to be the intention here uh, and it is it is you know curbing very possibly a loophole where maybe where trans high value transactions where someone has sold uh, a large amount of shares and they invest in in a in a luxury residential property uh, to get the benefit exemption that is being sought to be brought within the ambit of taxation so it will have a bit of a impact on the real estate uh, luxury real estate uh, but uh, i think as you rightly pointed out it will impact a small number of taxpayers in the overall scheme of things yeah yeah one interesting proposal in budget 2023 has been a hike in the tax collected at source on remittances um, to the foreign uh, country um, that to a 20% tax collected at source so how do you think this provision will impact indian investors and tourists who are sending money abroad sonu so sadhya clearly the intention seems to be you know try and discourage foreign remittances right so and also to be able to keep a track on all of that if you uh, recall they had brought in a tcs earlier and it was uh, rates there was a threshold exemption of 7 lakh rupees available which meant that if we were spend like sending out money over 7 lakhs the tcs uh, would kick in at the rate of 5% they had prescribed smaller rate like for the purpose of if, if it is for the purpose of education you are remitting any amount out to outside on a loan obtained from any foreign financial institution then the tcs applicable was only 0.5% of above 7 lakh rupees that provision has still not been changed uh, similarly for if it was for medical treatment and for education purposes other than the loan the tcs was 5% above uh, on amounts exceeding 7 lakh rupees again these two have been left unchanged so education and medical treatment still at 0.5 or 5% above 7 lakh rupees but they brought in on any other case you know which means if you are remitting money for investments or any other purpose which is beyond medical and education the there will be no threshold exemption there will be a tcs of 20% applied and if you're going on an overseas tour and you are giving to tour agents or travel agents uh, any money towards purchase of the overseas tour package then 20% again without any threshold limit so uh clearly uh, you know the idea is to curb remittances outside india or keep a greater control or track of that but the thing to remember is that uh, this is tcs this is not money lost or tax lost you can consider this in your advanced tax payments you consider in your overall tax bill because you will get the benefit of uh, tcs that is collected at source so it's like in, at the end of the day 
it'll be like TDS and you it's be computed towards your uh, total tax liability. So these transactions are not being made taxable, but these transactions are being subjected to a collection of tax at source, which will fund your overall tax liability. So it's not it's a cash flow issue, but not money lost, so to speak. I understand. But uh, say, suppose if I have to remit about $5,000, uh, say, suppose for any subscription that I have taken from abroad. So the $5,000 I send will be subjected to a TCS at the rate of 20% now. So I think if you're submitting $5,000, you're uh, going to have to, uh, you know, pay TCS at the rate of 20% because that 7 lakh threshold is gone. If it was this financial year, then you are safe because you have a threshold of 7 lakhs. But starting April 23, I think it comes into effect from July 2023. So if that's the case, then you, you could do this remittance up till June 30th. But starting July 23, this will be uh, subject to TCS or 20%. When you're remitting this money, your bank uh, will do so at the time of uh, sending the remittance. Okay, so it'll be so linked to my to bank. bank and say, yeah, if you go to your bank and say, I need to send... Uh, you know, $5,000. So they will advise you that if your subscription fee is $5,000, you need to give us $5,000 plus the 20% TCS for the, for the recipient to get $5,000 net in hand. Oh, so your yeah, expense yeah. goes up. Yeah, my expense goes up. I mean, because now everything is becoming global and at this point of time, considering the TCS of such a high rate that to at 20% uh, could actually dampen this situation, the sentiment. Don't you think so? Sathya, I personally, as I said, you know, this is the government's effort to discourage remittances. Uh, and government believes that most of the things are available. And if you notice somewhere in some other context, uh, the finance minister in a budget speech also said that she would rather have encouraged domestic tourism. Right? So, uh, and all things India are being promoted. So if you talk about any kind of, uh, you know, that this is now a normal way of life to be sending money overseas, it may not find favor with the stakeholders. So um, while I agree with you that uh, the rate of 20% uh, is on the higher side, uh, but the good thing is this, this is a tax collection which will ultimately reduce the total tax bill. So it's not, it's not, to that extent, uh, you know, something that is lost from a tax perspective. Uh, I, you know, I would go, you are maybe hearing in more circles, but I would go with your view. It will be debated in the parliament. But uh, as of now, it seems unlikely that there will be a change. But who knows, as it goes through the parliament, whether they would consider relenting and lowering the rate of TCS. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Let's talk about the final uh, point with respect to personal taxation, uh, which is the present taxation. Uh, so earlier, certain professionals with turnover up to 50 lakh uh, can avail the benefit of presumptive taxation. So let's start with what presumptive taxation is, uh, Sonu, and what professions are covered under this and what is the budget uh, proposal and what would be its impact. Okay, so... Uh Presumptive taxation is a benefit that the government gives to small businesses and uh, professionals or uh, small-time partnership firms, really, to be able to uh, pay tax on basis of the turnover or gross receipts, provided uh, the cash receipts are capped at a certain point. So, 
actually if you look at the change that is being proposed it is more towards keeping in mind that they want to be able to encourage less and less of cash so even in this case they are talking about the benefit being available where the cash receipts are only up to 5% of the total receipts right that's the the intention behind the change but let's look at what is the existing provision which is under section 44 ADA where we are talking about small professionals and the professionals are defined to be engineers interior decorators uh, chartered accountants lawyers doctors now all of these people again get the benefit of being taxed on a presumptive basis where currently if their total gross receipts do not exceed 50 lakh rupees then they will be able to uh, treat the 50% of the gross receipts as deemed to be the taxable income so their income doesn't exceed total receipts do not exceed 50 lakhs then 50% of the gross receipts is deemed to be the profits and gains from the business right that 50 lakh limit is being enhanced to 75 lakhs so you if you are a interior decorator or a lawyer or a doctor or a chartered accountant other than an llp you're running a business and your total gross receipts are 75 lakh rupees up to 75 lakh rupees then 50% of the total gross receipts will be treated as taxable income and you can pay tax on a presumptive basis the directional caveat is very clear that cash proceeds should not exceed 5% of the total gross receipts right right that's what i'm saying and it's certainly a relief right it is a relief priyas you will yeah. so they they've also said no that this will give benefit to small and medium segments and will bring more and more people within the ambit of tax and make it easier for them to comply with and digitalization is a is a big benefit right i mean they are trying to push people to accept money through digital format rather than cash and if you look at all these professions you know doctor interior decorator all of these professions uh you know there was a tendency to receive cash receipts etc which now they are saying if you receive it through digital uh media it will you will get this benefit right right so no i think uh, we've covered most so, of the aspects of the personal income tax uh, related proposals in the budget so do you think we have any, missed anything so yeah i think we've covered them all um we've talked about the concessional tax regime we've talked about the insurance we've talked benefit to senior citizens um i'm also running through my list of things where possibly we may have uh, missed uh of course there was uh, a significant enhancement in the leave and cashment limit uh, for you know non government employees right as right, you know right. under section yeah. 10 that's currently at 3 lakh rupees um, yeah. it is now increased to 25 lakhs but important to understand that this is a lifetime limit and it is not just for uh you know one employer so if you're you're someone who you know jobs uh, changes jobs frequently then this 25 lakh limit continues to work uh, in towards towards computing your exemption from leave and cashment and interestingly the this measure has been announced by the finance minister in the budget speech but it doesn't find place in the you know memorandum or the finance bill we'll have to wait for the notification to come interesting so that was one and yeah. okay now i thought uh, this is something that you would ask me question on but uh, maybe uh, which is on the uh, again they've tried to curb a loophole where interest paid on housing loan was claimed as as a deduction and uh, 
subsequently on the sale of house property it is also added to the cost of acquisition so the government has said that this is a double benefit so they have plugged it you cannot claim the interest paid on loan uh for as cost of acquisition on subsequent sale of the house property for calculating capital gains yeah thanks for reminding me that point yeah that's definitely an important point to consider thank you so much sonu i mean um, yeah you've explained all the budget proposals in a very crystal clear manner uh, to our listeners and um, until we get the finance bill and the finance act um, i think we consider these are the final uh, provisions uh, that are from the budget 2023 and uh, thank you so much hey thanks atya for having me and as you said uh, lots will be read into the fine print and as it goes through the parliament we'll have many multiple changes that may come through but for now this is it thank you very much thank you very much yeah That's all for now in this episode listeners. If you have any queries or suggestions, you can reach out to me on Twitter. My handle is @satyasontanam. S A T Y A S O N T A N A M. Or you can also write to us at mintmoney@livemint.com. Bye-bye. This was a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.